0: behavior change on the mind whatever stage you are at within positive behavior change whether you're just looking for general strategies or whether you're doing a full-blown behavior plan I want to share some big picture mindsets and frameworks that you need to have in order to effectively decrease problem behavior. Now before I get to those five things I wanna first share why this is on my mind. So we released our Positive Behavior Change course in 2020 for the first time. And we're actually doing a huge sale on this course this week. Starting on Tuesday, October, October 24th until Friday, October 27th, if you use the code BEHAVIOR100, you will get $100 off the co- the cost of the course toolkit bundle. So you get the course and the toolkit, which is massive, for $100 off. Now, I wanted to share a little background of the behavior course before we get to our five tips for positive behavior change today. Because as we were getting ready for this sale and talking about this course and going through user feedback... I spent a lot of time thinking about when we first launched this course. So this was our first online course we launched in spring of 2020. Yep, right? I had been working all winter on recording this course and we were almost ready to go when the pandemic hit. Now, out of nowhere, right? None of us were ready for that. And we're like, well, teachers are home now. We're going to release this course and see what happens, right? I did a few webinars that spring that looking back, it was absolutely crazy. We had no child care. I was like seven months pregnant. I didn't know if people wanted to come to a webinar on behavior in the middle of the pandemic. But guess what? Teachers did. We did one webinar, and maybe you were on it, where we hit our max of 2,000 people on the webinar which I didn't even know we had a max. And I felt so bad because I kept telling people if they were having tech issues to just leave the room and come back because that's like my main tech strategy. And people were leaving the room and then they couldn't get back to the webinar because new people were coming in and we were at our max. I got off this webinar to like 150 emails of people being like, I couldn't get on this webinar. What is going on? I didn't even realize we had a max of 2,000 people. It was crazy. So we released this course in 2020. We had over 2,000 people sign up. This was maybe our magic number of the spring. 2,000 people on the webinar. We had 2,000 people sign up throughout two launches we did in the spring. Teachers, clinicians, parents that had time and they knew they had challenging behavior that was waiting for them when they were back in class or they were having challenging behavior in virtual instruction in their classroom. And people were hungry for strategies, for ideas. And I knew this pre-pandemic. That's why... I had a session on behavior change. This session and this course really came from the live workshop that I did very, very regularly with school districts and conferences. People want behavior strategies. People are struggling with challenging behavior in their classroom, in their home, in their sessions. I know this. I was there too. I taught in an overcrowded, understaffed classroom with kids with a lot of extreme behaviors. And I've been in that state of being burnt out, being overwhelmed, being hungry, for ideas and strategies and I knew that's what teachers wanted and needed so our positive behavior change course has been out for about three years we have had you know as I said thousands of people go through this course and I was reading feedback the other day and people saying you know this is the most practical course I have ever taken and I walked back into my classroom the next day and used these strategies and it really honestly made my heart so happy because that was my goal for teachers to feel more supported, for parents to feel not alone, for clinicians to have a plan in place on approaching these challenging behaviors. And really the key to all of this is teaching those positive pro-social behaviors. So little snippet on the course and the background because it's just kind of funny to think about where we were a few years ago, but that positive behavior change course is, is still going strong. And as I said, starting Tuesday of this week, we will have a sale with $100 off and we, we don't really ever put this course on sale. So it's a really nice discount. $100 off the toolkit bundle and that toolkit is absolutely huge. I'll put the links in the show notes um, and that coupon code. So so let's get to some behavior content since this is on my head. So today I want to share really from pulling from this course Five keys to positive behavior change. And these are not like how to write your FBA, how to do your behavior plan. That's in the course. But those big picture mindsets that you need that you really have to apply to everything you do in order to effectively decrease challenging behavior. The first strategy is you have to control yourself. Yep. Do not focus on controlling your students. Focus on controlling yourself. I start every you know, live behavior PD that I do with the quote, the only person's behavior that you have complete control of is your own, period, end of story. When I first realized that, that was very overwhelming to me. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, you're right, I can only control my behavior. But then it was very empowering oh my gosh, but I can control my behavior. I am in control of how I give expectations, of what demands I give, of how I set up my classroom, how I set up my schedules, what reinforcers I offer, how I respond, how I I react, what prompts I give. I'm in control of all of that. So when I make changes, I can in turn cause positive behavior change. But it starts with me. It starts with the adult. And that sometimes is kind of a hard pill to swallow because it's easier to blame the child. It's easier to say he's naughty, he's lazy, he doesn't care. It takes the accountability off of us as the adult. When it's our job to provide the supports and the help that that child needs to be successful, our role is an educator and we have to provide those tools to help that child be successful Successful for both academic, and behavioral needs. So it starts with us. It's controlling ourselves. It's about modeling the behaviors we want to see more of. And you might be thinking like, okay, Sasha, I know this. That's great. But the next piece here is do your paraprofessionals and everyone else that is working with your child know this too? Because that's part of your role is really spreading this around to everyone. The bus driver, the gym teacher, the lunch manager, is everyone approaching that student and that child with this same mindset? And that's hard. It's hard. It takes staff training, it takes time, and it takes discussion. But finding that time and having those discussions so everyone's on the same page, supporting that student and starting supporting that student by making those changes within themselves. All right, strategy number two. It is literally all about positive reinforcement. I mean, I could just leave that at that. I talk about positive reinforcement in every single session that I do, whether it's classroom setup, whether it's data, whether it's literacy, whether it's academics, obviously behavior, executive functions – Positive reinforcement works its way into everything. Because positive reinforcement is why we do what we do, right? If we are receiving positive reinforcement for a behavior, we keep doing it. That's what positive reinforcement means. So this is how we teach academic skills. This is how we teach communicative skills. This is how we teach life skills, social skills. This is why negative behaviors continue. They are being reinforced. Once we understand reinforcement – we really have such a greater opportunity to really teach skills and decrease negative behavior. But if you are misunderstanding reinforcement, if you're confusing reinforcement with bribery, if you're thinking reinforcement is not necessary or applicable, I mean you're wrong first off, then you're going to have a really hard time. I hear people all the time being like, oh my God, I'm just going to bribe him and use that. And I'm always like, that's reinforcement. That's not bribery and that's okay, right? We all function on reinforcement, Why do you go to your job to get a paycheck, right? Why do you lay down on the couch and click on on your TV to watch Real Housewives? There's a reason why we do the things that we do because we're getting something awesome out of it. That's what reinforcement is. It's awesome, right? There's a reason we say a funny joke to a group of friends because they're going to laugh. If you say the same funny joke several times and no one laughs, you're going to stop saying that joke because you're no longer receiving reinforcement. This is really how our whole world works and having that really clear understanding of how to effectively use reinforcement is an absolute game changer. All right, number three strategy for behavior change. Use direct language. I talk about this a lot within behavior change and within executive functions and it feels like very obvious like, oh, of course I use direct language. Oh my gosh, I'm a teacher. I'm an SLP. I'm a BCBA. I know that. But thinking really critically about what directions you give and how you give them. Being very clear, being very concrete, being, being very explicit. This kind of starts with something as simple as avoiding saying what not to do. When you tell a child what not to do, like don't run in the hallway, you are now requiring that they make an inference of what to do instead. And guess what? A lot of our kids are struggling with making inferences, right? They have to infer, well, if I can't run, should I walk? Should I roll? Should I hop? Should I, you know, hot dog roll down the hall? What should I do? They have to make that decision. Instead, when we're giving directions, tell them what to do. Hey, guys, walk in the hallway. Be very concrete and specific. Focus on the positive. Focus on the next step. Sometimes when we give directions, we're highlighting the problem. Oh my gosh, you haven't eaten your breakfast. You're going to be late for the bus. An unproductive statement. I mean, I'm guilty of it as a parent for sure. But what is that statement doing? You are you haven't eaten breakfast. You're going to be late for the bus. We're thinking that that communicates hurry up. Eat your breakfast real quick and get out the door. That's not communicating that. That's just highlighting the problem, right? Instead, hey, here's this granola bar. You go, You go eat it on the way to the bus right now so we don't miss it. That's fine. We're giving the what to do and the reason why instead of just highlighting the problem. Direct language helps avoid miscommunication. This is going to help prevent problem behaviors before they start and this gets you and your child on the same page right away. Number 4, understand why the problem behavior is happening. If only it were so easy. If only we just had like a quick, you know, quick and easy way. To know why problem behavior was happening. If only kids just announced like, hey, this is an attention seeking behavior as they elope out of the room. No, it's not so easy. It's hard, right? This step is hard. Understanding why problem behavior happens. I think the the preface and the context to this step is acknowledging and identifying that problem behavior is happening for a reason and that child is getting something positive for them out of that problem behavior it's working right you may not think it's working but for them it's working and I know that because they're continuing to do it so I think that's an important discussion to have with your team what are they getting out of this behavior what is this bringing them what awesome thing is this getting them are they getting out of work are they getting attention and remember it doesn't have to be positive attention Attention is attention, right? You may think, oh, everyone's laughing at them or I'm reprimanding them. They're getting in trouble. For some kids, it doesn't matter. As long as they're getting attention, they're cool. What is that problem behavior communicating and what is it getting them access to? to? Once you start to understand that, then you have your strategy. Now you know what to do. Now you know how to teach the missing skill, which we'll get to in a second. But If you don't spend the time figuring out why, meaning if you don't do a thorough FBA, functional behavior assessment, you could possibly pick a strategy that makes the behavior worse. I say this in (laughs) workshops a lot because when I do a behavior change workshop, we spend the morning talking about the FBA process, the functional behavior assessment, which is where we do just what we're talking about now. Our goal of the FBA is to figure out why the problem behavior is happening so we can figure out a plan for the behavior intervention plan. If you jump right to the behavior intervention plan without doing the FBA and just randomly pick a strategy or base it off of your loose opinion, you could pick a strategy that is not only ineffective but could make the problem behavior worse. And if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what does, right? So we need that process first of figuring out why. Is this an attention-seeking behavior? Is this an escape behavior? Is there a sensory or medical component? We have to do our due diligence to figure out what's going on or else we'll never know what that plan should be. And now we're on to the plan. So the last step for behavior change is teaching the positive replacement behavior. Reducing negative behavior happens by increasing a positive behavior to replace it. That's it. We get rid of negative behaviors by teaching something else. It really happens away from the negative behavior because when the negative behavior happens, we are in that responsive reactive mode, right? Our goal is to prevent problem behaviors before they start and we do that by teaching, by educating. That's how we approach everything else. If you're teaching us a, a math skill, let's say you're teaching addition and the, the child gets it wrong, you're, you know, that you write down two plus two and they write down five. Do you punish them and expect that that will teach the correct answer? Are you like, no, that's not five. How could you do that? Why would you think it's five? That's it. Go over there. Go to timeout. No, right? We know that wouldn't teach the missing skill of adding. We know that's inappropriate, right? It sounds ridiculous. We would teach. We would bring out manipulatives. We would use touch math. We would count on our fingers. We would teach self-correction, right? There's all kinds of strategies we could bring to teach that missing skill. Same with our kids, right? If they're off-task, And they're wandering the classroom. They're sharpening their pencil. They're engaging in, you know, problem behavior with other students. And we just reprimand. We just punish. That's not teaching the skill of being on task. That's really what we want to see. We want to see them starting their work, staying with their work, being independent. So instead of focusing on responding to the off-task behavior and possibly punishing it, we instead need to flip the script and focus on building up on-task behavior. How can we teach them to stay on task? How can we teach them to redirect back to their work? How can we teach them to get started right away? What strategies can we use there? That's where our behavior plans have to be. Our behavior plans need to be fully focused on instruction, on teaching those positive, pro social replacement behaviors. All right, five key strategies for behavior change controlling yourself, utilizing positive reinforcement, using direct language, understanding why pos- problem behaviors happen. And then teaching those positive replacement behaviors. That's what it's all about, right? But it's complicated. These behaviors have long learning histories. There's no quick magic wand, but there is a framework that you can follow. There is a path that you can take and steps you can take to use these strategies to the problem behaviors you are seeing in your class and in your home settings. It's following that functional behavior assessment implementing a function-based behavior plan, using positive reinforcement correctly. And this framework is what is included in our positive behavior change course. I know how it feels to feel overwhelmed and scattered and trying all the things and nothing working. Instead, I want you to have a plan. I want you to feel confident with that plan, knowing there is a step-by-step way to approach these challenging behaviors. And that's what the course is absolutely all about. So again, the course is on sale from Tuesday October 24th until Friday, October 27th. So only a few days. And you can use that code BEHAVIOR100 to get $100 off that bundle. So if you are in the season of teaching where you are overwhelmed, you are burnt out, you are feeling done, you come home completely over it and you dread going to school the next day, I get it. I've been there. I have had seasons of teaching where I literally had hives every night because of the stress of school and dealing with extreme behaviors. And it's not that I didn't love my job. I loved my job. And I know you love your job. But it's hard. And our students are struggling and we are struggling. So let's work together and let's have a plan for supporting this student and you through this challenging time. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening.